Hey everyone, this is Ed. A couple things before we begin the show. First off, uh, my apologies for my audio this week. Uh, there was a hiccup in my recording. Uh, my mic was accidentally not turned on through my actual software for the computer, but it was for Zoom, so I was able to use my Zoom file. That's why I'm saying it's a little bit off from what I normally sound like, so if you're wondering why, you know, that's why. In case you are. I doubt you are, but just wanted to put that out there. Um, and the second thing is, due to the horathon coming up and what we've been touting is a very large, grueling, but nothing that we can handle schedule of uh, 18 episodes that we have planned for this coming month. Um, for those of you wondering if we're going to be able to commit to that as well as do fewer casts every week, I'm already one step ahead of you. That being said, I'm announcing that we are actually going to be doing fewer cast bi-weekly through October. So you're still going to get us doing the usual banner, but it's not going to be every week like it has been for the last six months or however long we've been doing this. Um, so after this episode, we're not going to have one new one next week, but we will have one that follows. So yeah, starting now up until November, we're going to be doing fewer cast every other week. So that's all. Other than that, enjoy the show. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving Hey everyone, welcome to FuryCast Our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast Where we break down all the latest news and film And shell out our personal opinions Whether you want to hear them or not It's also the one time out of the week We all get together And if the banner's too much for you Then just keep listening in case you're new here, I'm Ed. With me are the usual suspects. Let's start with Jocelyn. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? All right. Andrew? Hey, hi. Howdy. Justin? Hello, hello. Good to talk to everybody. And Corey? A few more days till Halloween. Yay! <laughs> I'm ready. How, uh, me too, man. How's everybody doing? Good. All right. Well, as always, we have a great episode planned for everyone this week. Stuff's been happening in the world of entertainment, and we're about to talk about it. So without further ado, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. Ric Flair wants Bradley Cooper to play him in a biopic. There's no like announced film or nothing like that. This is just something that caught my wind in one of the wrestling sites here. Because <laughs> we're all, Rick's been in the podcast game and apparently on his one of his latest episodes the you know topic got brought up of you know a movie i guess uh, who would play him and he vouched for uh where's the quote here i mean i've heard it officially but it's not in place so ladies and gentlemen it's not true that he's playing rick flair i've heard they've talked to him that's it bradley cooper's not playing me in a movie yet i hope he does um, so it's kind of a weird quote, but, uh, 
I don't know. I personally, I don't know. Depends on what kind of. I don't know. Corey, back I'm, me up on this one because you you're probably the second person that could uh that knows wrestling and movies. Yeah. So. I I'll just say like Bradley Cooper doesn't really look like Ric Flair, but yeah, I think that's wrong. I think he has like that crazy coked up eyes like Ric Flair has, so I think that would work about it. Like, you know, I've seen Cooper like get fired up in some movies, so he maybe if he has the bleach blonde hair, he can pull it off. I don't know. I have that crazy coked up. I just did a big line, a yayo look on him. Uh, you know, it might work. So that's how Flair looked. I'm trying to envision Bradley Cooper with like a poofy bleach blonde wig. Uh, cause like, you know, like that, that long, you know, beachy hair that he had in like the seventies and eighties that he was known for. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, act wise. Absolutely. I think, I don't think there's a role that Bradley Cooper couldn't play. I don't think, uh, the, uh, role of Ric Flair is something that really is a reach for any acting standards per se, but, uh, you know, acting wise, yeah, sure. Because, like I said, Cooper can play anything. But uh, do I do I prefer? Is there anyone else out there? I mean, I don't know. It's not really something that I've actually been thinking about <laughs> lately, or really, I, I never actually put any thought into it per se. Who would play Ric Flair in a biopic? I mean, I guess the topic is. Uh, I guess the film's inevitable. At one point, they're going to do a biopic, some studio at least down the road. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I always kind of imagined it would be after he passed, but, you know, you never know. It, it could be sooner than that. I also thought he would never wrestle another match again, but here we are. Um, <laughs> well, that was I, it, I dude. Let's, let's hope he doesn't step in the ring for any more matches. Coming from someone well, who did watch that, whatever that was, you call it a match, call it what you will. Yeah. I. It's hard to say, I mean... Would the biopic be more about the wrestling aspect or his life that surrounded it? You know what I mean? So, well, you can't have one without the other, as they say. It would have say. to be the wrestling, dude. Probably it, it would have to like, be both. I mean, he probably worked three hundred twenty something days a year back in the day, so it would have to be about the wrestling. It'd be both. But I'm just I mean, saying, like the focus of the film. You know what I mean? The formation of the Horsemen with uh, just Ted Turner before that the nwa you know crockett promotions comes to mind so many things i'm not even gonna sit here and, and, and begin so i'll it'll i'll be all i'll be here all night it'd be interesting if they had crockett like the, around that time because that was kind of like his you know his prime if you will and then uh also it'd be interesting to think who'd be the horseman like who'd play uh arn tully Oli. like that'd be kind of interesting yeah yeah, it's it definitely give it some thought to it. I could uh, probably give out a, a, a nice, you know, list of names who could play each role. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Um, I don't think I don't Ollie. think Ric Flair is like everybody kind of knows who he is, and you guys definitely know because you're into that. But I don't think in the general public consciousness you're going to see a major Ric Flair movie starring Bradley fucking Cooper like. It's a Hulu miniseries at best, like that Pam and Tommy Lee thing. Like, I don't think the public's clamoring for a Ric Flair biopic. 
I don't think the public's claiming for anything wrestling related, to be honest with you. That's uh, what I mean. It's like you a would, niche audience, you know. And I'm not shitting on it. I don't mean it. I don't mean to come off. I that know. Way. I know. Maybe like the, the people that are interested are the ones that are going to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's an audience for it, but I don't think it's like a major motion picture, especially starring like an. It's not going to be an A-list movie, in other words. I don't think you're getting Bradley Cooper for something like that. Oh, I mean, well, they got Chris Hemsworth playing Hulk Hogan in that Netflix film. Hulk Hogan is kind of like he transcends that no you those two are like they're neck and neck when it comes to big names pro wrestling I mean I would say Ric Flair is even bigger than Hulk Hogan honestly I mean Ric Flair is a 16 time heavyweight champion like see, you had, okay. notoriety. I had to you're, Google Ric Flair. Yeah, that's to, what I'm talking to, about. to see jo- who he was. I'm surprised you're but even you don't speaking watch right wrestling now. Though. Exactly. But that, that's <laughs> why? Jocelyn doesn't watch wrestling, but she knows who Hulk Hogan is. She doesn't right. know who Ric Flair is. That's eight out of ten audience members are going to come or are going to encounter the same thing. Everybody but, knows. Hulk Hogan. But if hang you on, come hang across on. a young, if you come across a younger crowd these days, I guarantee you they know who Ric Flair is versus Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something. It, just, it, it comes down to one thing. Woo! That's Ric Flair, the woo. When you hear woos, and you, you go to any wrestling show, you're going to hear 15, 20 people woo during the event. And that's because of Ric Flair. I mean, yeah, he, he's, at, he's at, a, at a wrestling event, of course. Right, because people are into it. Like, they, they know. If you go to a Leonard Skinner concert, 10 people are going to yell out Freebird. I mean, it's the, that's the audience. Of course, they're going to woo. <laughs> I'm just saying, in popularity-wise, like, he's, I don't know. The names are just as big as the other. I mean, I yeah, because Ric Flair, I mean, because Hulk Hogan, you know, actually stepped out and did movies and TV shows and stuff like that, then people a little bit more, you know, he has a little bit more notoriety than Ric Flair. But it's, it's hard to settle in that argument because it's Ric Flair. You know, being a wrestling fan, he's... He, like Andrew said, like the big, he's bigger. He's a bigger name than Hulk Hogan is. Now, my question is: on the podcast, it, does he act like a normal guy, or is he Ric Flair like you see in wrestling? Because I might well, have. But there's to no difference. Ric Flair's Ric Flair. He's the he's same like guy. Like, say, yeah, day life. He's like that. Yeah, there's there's no separating the character from the actual person. It's, yeah. it's oh, the I might same. Have to listen to that, Ric then. Flair is Ric Flair. Now he's always styling a profile. <laughs> it's yeah. just when he's when he's wrestling, he's turned up to eleven. That's all. Exactly. You know. I just watched a video of him smoking a blunt with Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got it. I listened. He's out to, there. He's doing things. When I first started listening to the podcast about ten years ago or so, I came across his podcast when I was just I don't know. I was just browsing through. You know, I didn't know what the big names were and stuff like that. And I just was looking, I think I like Googled like wrestling podcasts or some shit. Cause I was on a long drive to New York for my dad's company. And I was just looking for something to listen to for a while. And he used to have a show called Woo Nation with Conrad, who's now his son-in-law, who now hosts a barrage of, of podcasts. Uh, everyone, I guarantee if you know, you know, wrestling, you know, the name Conrad Thompson. So he was his co-host back then, and and, and it's funny then because Conrad really was getting into wrestling. You could tell like he wasn't really into it the way he is now, and like just the way he was asking questions to all the guests, like as like he sounded more like a, a fanboy than any than than the uh, professional host that he is now. 
But anyway, I'm getting off track. The the the, the podcast, I really liked it a lot. And then he it just stopped. He didn't do too many episodes. Uh, the episode I listened to in particular, it was him and Conrad with like a it was a two part like it was all in all it was like a three hour interview with Eric Bischoff. So I was really, really, you know, akin to, akin to that. But he kind of just stopped and then now he's got this new podcast because he had the health scare a few years ago where he, he nearly died. He was in a coma for like 12 days. Do you remember that, yeah. Justin? Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember that. That's why people are so surprised that he had this final wrestling match because, you know, dude's got a pacemaker in him, you know, and he's out there in the ring. You know, you can't be doing that. That's why I argue, you know, to, to even call it a match is taking it, it, it's taken a big step because I watched it. It was more of a spectacle than anything else. I mean, he he tried. I'm not going to downplay that at all. You know, anyone who goes out there and at least gives it a go, you know, I'm not going to take that away from them. He at least gave it a try. Uh, but I, you know, it, it was more of a event than anything else than a wrestling match. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, I think we've uh, had this topic of Ric Flair go on for far too long. So let's move on back down to um, let's take it back down to to movie related conversations. There's an update today of the Joe Blow exclusive from uh, Mel Gibson promoting some movie he's got coming out. Josh Dumal and Elijah Cuthbert, who's uh, from this previous week's Girl Next Door episode. But anyway, uh, talking about Lethal Weapon 5. So do you think this movie's going to happen? Do you think we're going to get a, a Lethal Weapon 5? Do you want to hear the I, update? I, I saw that like he's blaming Warner Brothers for like slowing it up, but I didn't see what the exact reason was. He's basically saying it's a matter of when. I mean, it's a matter of, uh, yeah, of, of when, not if, or whatever. And, and um he knows it's going to happen eventually, but basically, yeah, it's it's blaming the merger and all the the, the jobs shifting around at, at Warner Brothers. Uh, personally, I, I think the project died when Richard Donner died. I believe it was going to happen because they officially announced him coming back to direct and everything, and, and the whole gang getting back together. But then he kind of just passed away, and then. Uh, Mel Gibson was supposed to take over and sure we can buy into that but I don't I I mean like I said last week and the week before I mean Warner Brothers is just canceling movies for the fuck of it you know yeah I I don't see them green lighting a film starring a bunch of like 70 80 year old men (laughs) is everybody involved like Glover Pesci is everybody gonna come back the whole gang apparently was about the. I don't know about Pesci. I know. Yeah, Bo I don't know about Pesci, in. but everybody else was in. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Remember I... the first Lethal Weapon when Danny Glover was too old for this shit, and now forty years later he's still going to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look, it's just weird. Um, I was never really behind the whole idea of a fifth film to begin with because of this whole reasoning right now that we're talking about and making jokes about. Um, and to be honest with you, I've never, oh, I've, and I've talked about this before. I'm not the biggest Lethal Weapon fan. I never was. Um, 
everyone always raves about *Lethal Weapon 2*. I think it's the worst film of the franchise, personally. I like the first film, and that's pretty much where my relationship kind of starts and ends at with, with, with Weapon was the first film, you know? Yeah, that's... I'm in the same boat. Like, that... I adore the first Lethal Weapon. I think it's in the, the top five American action movies of all time, probably. Um, and they just get progressively worse with each sequel. I don't, I don't think two's the worst thing in the world. I loved it when I first saw it. Then, like, in the year since, I'm like, bad eh, movie. It's, it's, I don't think it's bad. I definitely don't think it's the worst, but it's not good. Like, it's... It's like a two and a half star movie at best. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't. If they make five, great. I'll watch it, especially if Mel Gibson directs it. But I don't have any kind of expectations for it being any good. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest fan of the world of the fourth movie. That being said, so no, what, you know, what was it? The fourth film. Oh yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> that, that whole shit with Uncle Benny. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I was embarrassed for everybody on screen. <laughs> I don't know the whole shit with like Jet Li fucking kicking both their asses at the end with a pole in his stomach I don't know just the, the whole movie was laughable and that didn't the movie start with like a dude just randomly going through the streets with a flamethrower listening to fucking Van Halen and not just yeah. Van Halen it was the third inspiration of Van Halen the fucking <laughs> what's Chirot. his face yes <laughs> We're not even talking Van Halen or Van Hagar. <laughs> oh my God! Remember that band? That had to be that. Like that was around the same time when he like when that album came out. So that was obviously some sort of like it was Warner Brothers the whole music video centered around that scene because you saw yeah. the fuck <laughs> the dude literally stops to put a fucking Van Halen video cassette yeah. into his Walkman and you know hit play you had to have that product placement gotta get that out there for Warner Brothers Records there was yeah, definitely was an exec like- that, that was like I see a man in metal with listening to metal with flamethrowers or machine guns or whatever the yeah. fuck you had metal we'll go and Richard that. Donner's like yeah whatever yeah, do whatever you want to my movie. Whatever, <laughs> fuck it. Put your fucking foot down and go, fuck off, man. Oh, man. So, also, um, he announced, he didn't announce this. He, he revealed, I guess, that Richard Wink is writing the fifth movie. I like Richard Wink. Richard Wink is actually, he directed one of my favorite horror movies from the 80s, Vamp, a film we're going to be covering in a couple of weeks. He wrote and directed that movie. Corey, did you watch Vamp yet? No. All right. Um, but yeah, so uh, we can move on then. Uh, let's see. You want to talk about something that's non-film related that just came across? We just talked way. about wrestling. Well, <laughs> it tied you with something else. So apparently there's a new TikTok challenge. Now, listen, I got to just preface first that a line's got to be drawn in the sand somewhere. And at some point, you know, we we got to put a stop to this shit. All right. So apparently there's this new TikTok trend going around. It's the sleepy chicken recipe where people are actually cooking their chicken with fucking NyQuil and eating it and seeing what happens. Come on. I mean, Tide Pods, 
I say it's just natural selection at this point. I mean, as long as it's not going to hurt anybody else, uh, more power to those people. Well, I literally saw this because I, I, uh, Philip DeFranco was talking about it on his show earlier and I was watching it and I literally had to stop it. This just take a moment to myself and just shake my head and just reflect that this is where we've gone today. People are actually, you know, getting NyQuil and cooking it with their chicken. Wouldn't that cook off the active ingredients? Well, that's what I really was thinking. That the, the, the FDA actually had to put something out. Can you imagine working at the FDA offices? They're probably so tired of everyone. They're shit, like, man. oh man, these fucking TikTokers are now fucking. Can you get the, can you get a load of this shit, Frankie? These motherfuckers are now yeah. cooking their chicken with NyQuil. Oh my yeah, god! They're doing what? They're doing what? <laughs> And they thought Thai power was a fucking problem. Now we gotta fucking put out warnings about this bullshit. Another Monday morning at the office. So yeah, that's what they had to do. They actually had to list the fucking warning today, or it might have been yesterday, to not cook your chicken with any, with not even just NyQuil, any medication you- products to begin with. Because with the NyQuil situation now you're dealing with, you just open up. Your, your oven or whatever and you're just exposing yourself to just dangers because just fuming because now it just comes out and you, you just inhale that shit and it's fucking your lungs up and now it's going to have a warning on the label knock saying you out. it's going to be like warning this is not an ingredient or food like <laughs> that's literally what it's going to have to say now on NyQuil but Thanks, do people. not cook with this let's let's dive deeper though real quick like we're all fucking therapists What's the actual challenge here? Okay, so you've got a green fucking chicken you got to eat that probably tastes like ass cooked five times. What do you do with this? What's the point of it? So are you trying to like eat as much chicken as you can in one sitting without passing the fuck out? Is this a, is this what we're doing with our lives I think it's now? To eat it and don't die. I think that's the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> eat it and don't die and then you get I mean people quits. aren't dying so I'm sure if people were actually dying from this shit we'd be hearing about it but you know they're not really doing themselves any favors you know they're really not they're not doing the uh, life expectancy number any favors you know what I'm saying yeah it's just it just makes my brain hurt uh, just I, literally watching any of that I'm, makes me lose some brain cells. I'd be surprised if we still had a fucking audience listening to us at this point of the episode. So, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? No, oh my, have you been out? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and just like I was just eating some chicken with some Nyquil. All right. So this next one's a two-parter. Um, Jocelyn, how you doing? Good. You think I was gonna have an episode of Fewer Cast and not bring this up? Oh, I knew it was coming. So what you watch recently? I I watched X. Is that going to be your weekly recommend this week? Uh, no, absolutely not. All right. So honestly, <laughs> what was who? Like a rave. What was what? what oh, all right. What were you expecting? What did you come out take? What did you take from it? What what what? what did you I was expect? expecting a good horror movie. That's okay. what I was expecting. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and and I was very disappointed. I should probably slap a fucking spoiler <laughs> alert on this part. If people haven't seen the movie X, probably want to skip ahead five ten minutes. Do yourself a favor, or just I'll put the times. Excuse me, timestamp on the uh, the episode notes. Just go by that. I haven't seen it. How do I skip ahead? 
You can um, <laughs> just don't watch it. Do no, yourself I'm, a favor. I'm not earmuffs, Justin. <laughs> Go take earmuffs. a shit. Well, real quick, before we get into the conversation, there's a reason I brought this up. Before we get into the conversation, apparently Martin Scorsese has been praising Pearl. Um, <laughs> I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he said Ty West movies have a kind of energy that is so rare these days, powered by a pure, undiluted love for cinema. You feel it in every frame, a prequel to X made in a diametrical opposite cinematic register. Think 50s scope color melodramas. Uh, Pearl makes for a wild, mesmerizing, deeply, and I mean deeply, disturbing 102 minutes. West and his muse and creative partner, Mia Goth, really know how to toy with their audience before they plunge the knife into our chests and start twisting. I was enthralled, then disturbed, then so unsettled that I had trouble getting to sleep, but I couldn't stop watching. This is from Martin Scorsese, the director of Goodfellas, and you know Martin Scorsese, okay? I'm not going to go down the fucking list of his credits. I'll say this. I really agree with him in the fact that uh, whenever I watch a Ty West movie, I can definitely tell how much he loves, like, the genre, like, horror movies. Like, I absolutely, as a huge fan of horror, I absolutely feel that as well. Every every movie, because I'm a huge fan of Ty so, West. So like, when you put on Cabin Fever 2, that's the sensation that you oh, get. Oh, fuck that. That studio <laughs> bullshit that he did. But I'm saying, Even like, as he far disowns as, that movie. But I'm saying, like, House of the Devil, Innkeepers, obviously X. I was going to say House like, of the Dead. House of the Dead, yeah, no, not that shit. <laughs> um, any of that shit, like I, I definitely feel it. So I'm a huge fan of Ty West, and I, I liked X, but I can see why somebody wouldn't like X. It's definitely not like your normal mainstream horror movie. It's kind of like a hybrid. So, so back to Jocelyn, why, yeah. um, why didn't you and Greg like it? I, I honestly want to know why you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, wow, what, what a I want to know. So I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I imagine. I, I see. I guess you're talking. You're referring to the 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 whole beauty and and fornication subject of the film, getting old and not being attractive and and losing no, it. No, I mean, like losing I your sexual, you know, ego or whatever. I mean, like, I understand that, and I don't know. There's, what there's is just it then? so many things. I think that this is Brittany Snow's worst role that she's ever been in, number one. Are you one. kidding me? Oh she my was God. so against typecast. That was brilliant. acting was, like, horrible. I that don't know if it point. was... That was the point. She's supposed okay. to be a cheap wow. fucking 70s porn star. That's, that's the whole idea. Was she in prom night? Yeah, but it was like... She was, Corey. Oh, God. I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't stand her. I couldn't stand her. The movie was like predictable. There was too much that was. I mean, I, I'd argue that, that you're actually that... doing the film a favor right now by saying this stuff because she's, she's supposed to make you, you're supposed to hate her. You're supposed to be, do, feel all those things about her. Right. You know? I get that. But like also what Corey had said numerous times, the like the old makeup, like it was awful. Yeah. Oh really? my God. It was awful. Like oh. awful, awful. Yeah, I mean, I Corey couldn't tell it the actor at least, was at least two times in other episodes. Yeah, I didn't know until recently that the uh, the man who played what's his name Henry, I I, yeah, I could I couldn't he's tell not that old either. He's, yeah. he's yeah. not. I I, he's, I I just learned that they aged him up like twenty years. 
Yeah, I recognized him immediately because he was in the Lord of the Rings movies. Actually, uh, okay, I thought that yeah. was an actual old actor that they had. That see, that surprised me. Yeah, I knew, better. I knew I, going into it that that was did. Mia Goth. I knew he, that was Mia Goth though going into the film that she well, was playing dual roles. I knew because you had mentioned it. I think it was like last week when we were talking about Maxine. You had mentioned it, so I was okay. like, oh, okay. So I knew, and Greg was like. I was watching TikTok and I saw a spoiler. Somebody messed it up for me. And I was like, I think so I know you what you're talking about. <laughs> so no, real talk. This is good. So you didn't think that that scene between her and herself, essentially, and, and the kitchen was, I think that's one of the best scenes of the whole fucking movie. Like that stuff, like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm looking at it like, through a, a Cynodork perspective as if you're just Hey, I liked it too. Just because the makeup sucked doesn't mean I didn't like the movie. I thought that was a good scene too. But I just just want to understand why Justin didn't like it. If you didn't like it, that's fine. I I, I respect that. I just, you know, you just kind of tore it apart and I was kind of baffled by that. I just want to know what you hear so much about it. But I think I was like even more mad because, well, like I'm a fan of Jenna Ortega and I, Uh I I mean, I like her, but like going into it, like, I don't know. I think I just expect it more, and I was like more disappointed. I don't think anybody on the show has given her more praise than I have over the last year. I love that girl. I think she's oh, like I one mean, of the best I, actresses working today. I watched her in Stuck in the Middle on the Disney Channel when because Nola like watches it. So like seeing her go from that to like right you know like big name movie is definitely like it's cool it's see it's it's neat watching like this kid grow up and now she's doing like serious roles and stuff it's it's pretty cool i thought that she was gonna have a bigger role in the movie going i did too honestly i I wasn't i what i got i wasn't mad at you know she still has the fucking best scream in fucking hollywood that screen she gives out in the basement is just chilling yeah but I don't know. I don't, you I know, just, okay. You I've didn't seen like it. That's fine. better movies. I just were like, underwhelmed. I just I was kind of just surprised yeah. by your reaction. That's all. And I just kind of wanted to get a deeper dive into why you felt that way. I think I was That's just all. mad because I expected more. Especially like I mean, you've talked it up. I've seen other people talk it up. I've seen right. a lot of you know going on. There's been like a lot of buzz about it, especially with like you know Pearl and Maxine and stuff. Right. And, I have like no urge to want to watch either of those now, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> I I just want to say I think it's made, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but I think the the movie really is going to appeal to like a hardcore genre fan more so than anything else. I'm not saying like general people uh, can't enjoy the movie, but I really think that's what Ty West made it for. It's and more I think of that's like kind of what it appeals. And I'll add to that, Corey. I think it's more like uh, akin to like. The 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 seventies era per se per se like the Texas yes. Chainsaw Massacre Hills Have Eyes era. But Last I House love, but I love Hills Have Eyes and and you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's I I don't know like I don't it's just something just I don't know you I don't know, know. I just doesn't... I thought the whole story was weird too. I mean I don't want to go too far into details, but like. I don't know. Like, I'll just, just, people don't want to see that shit. I was just like, I'll, what the fuck? Like, no. I'll end it with one last note. There's plenty of movies that I watched the first time, either hated it or felt underwhelmed. 
and I went and gave it a rewatch and I was like, fucking loved it. So, you know, maybe maybe you'll have that reaction one of these days. I'm not telling you to go fucking give it a try tomorrow. Just saying, you know, one of these days, maybe you want to give it a rewatch and maybe you'll appreciate it differently. I don't know. It happens. Yeah, but if maybe. you don't like it, you don't like it. That's all right. I was just taken back by your reaction and I wanted to find out a little bit more as, as to why. That, so, I knew it was coming, so that's cool. Right. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to rip you apart. I respect your opinion. <laughs> I just wanted to know why. That's all. I'm a curious party. That's all. Um... All right, well, shit. Um, you know what? I do want to bring up one more thing before we close the book on the drip this week. Uh, I want to have a conversation about Jeremy Allen White. Has anybody else watched The Bear? Am I the only person here as, who has watched The Bear on FX? Or Not yet, like? but Greg and I have talked about it. We definitely want to watch it. It, it looks I'm, really good. I'm hearing good things, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. I just haven't watched it yet. No. Okay. Is anybody else here besides me familiar with Shameless, at least? I like Shameless. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I watched all I, I the think, episodes. Yeah, I think you lit. and I discussed like the last season. I think I messaged you when we were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, after the bear came out, which again, cannot fucking rave about enough, the, um, he's, his stocks is exploding and I, I'm here for it all. Seriously. I love that guy. He's first off, um, his last week, I heard or read, speaking of wrestling, that he's going to be starring alongside Zach Efron and uh, Harris Dickinson in A24's The Iron Claw, which is going to be a film on the Von Erics. And um, ah, White's going to be, be White's going to be Carrie Von Eric. So I'm just as a wrestling fan, as a Jeremy Allen White fan, yeah, that's so, intriguing. I, yeah, definitely. So he's got that coming up. And then I read this article earlier today on Joe Blow. He's supposed to be in a, a American remake from 2020's Apples. It's a sci-fi love story about an institution developing a test to measure the amount of love between couples. Is their love genuine? Does a pattern of constant compromise weaken their bond over time? The Institute wants couples to succeed. Though keeping the fire burning is more complex than one might assume. Um, there's a character named Anna, played by Jesse Buckley, who's in A24's Men, which I personally thought was meh, but others seem to have liked it, so that's cool too. She's in it, uh, starts working at the Institute as an assistant to a character named Trevor, who's played by um, Riz Ahmed, an Enigma instructor, and... Meanwhile, White's character is Ryan, who's going to be Anna's longtime partner in a certified love relationship. So I'm not really here to talk about what this project is per se, because um, I really just think that what he's achieved and what he's doing, I'm just like I say, I'm here for it. I think this dude is like an up and coming person to keep your eye on. I've been saying that since Shameless. It's been fun watching him grow up. He, again, he was the character lip on that show. And now, now that the show's over, I'm, I'm happy to see that he's still getting work, you know? But the, the one thing I will say is that, I mean, you like reading that description of that new show that he's going to be in. I feel like watching like the, the trailer and like scenes from like the bear, I feel like he probably 
like to me i feel like he plays the same character that he did in shameless like this guy from chicago that's just trying to get by type thing so it is neat to like hear him play like a different role and like a i guess like a like a more dynamic like role type thing not really like the same role that i feel like he has been playing if that makes sense yeah and i guess i don't know part of me is always gonna see that character in him who's he's always gonna be lit it, yeah always gonna be lit yeah i agree but the chicago thing it works i don't know it the chicago plays a, is like a character of its own on that show the best way to describe uh the bear is if you're in the it's like a culinary version of uncut gems and it lasts for 10 episodes that are a half hour each and it's just a wild ride from episode to episode and uh yeah so i also want to bring up a movie that i remember seeing him in uh a horror film the rental we talked about it here on the show not that long ago that um dave franco james brother directed that has him dan stevens from a film that I'm a big fan of called The Guest. He's also from Downton Abbey. Um, have Toby Haas in it. Toby Haas is in it. Is yeah. uh, uh, Dave Franco's wife? What's her name? Um, Miss Franco. No, Brie from a- <laughs> something. Not Brie Larson. What's Brie? Something? Allison Brie. Allison, Allison Brie. Brie. Yeah, she's in it. It's I don't know. I, I like the movie. Um, it's creepy. I think Justin, you said you watched it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I think it's definitely the best movie directed by a Franco at this point. <laughs> what better than I don't know? Disaster well, artist, dude. Disaster artist. I didn't see that. Yeah, disaster artist is like, yeah, it's good shit. All right, well, shit. Let's move on then to uh, coming interactions. Coming soon to theaters. All right. Let's talk about this Hellraiser trailer. Hell yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice. You can hold it. What is it? It's a puzzle. And it's almost finished. Keep going. So if I solve it, do I get a prize? I do. What's your deal? It has six sides, six configurations. It opens up. And it cuts you. And then they come to collect. It's time. Greater delights await. We wish to see you proceed. Feed it. Their blood. Pain. All for us. What is it you pray for? Ah! 
So yeah, I dude, this looks. Give me a free trial. This, <laughs> it looks good. Back to this basics. This looks good. This looks real good. Yeah, I liked oh, uh, I, seeing the chatter. It was pretty cool. I just want to see like this this new generation of Cenobites. Basically, is the way I'm looking at it because it's apparently not a full fledged like remake. So this is uh, kind of like a continuation. I mean, I, I'm just super intrigued. Like, I, I think it's a good idea having a woman as a pinhead just because it, it's already like so sexual with like the BDSM stuff. It, to me, it makes sense. Like, I think that's a good evolution to go off of instead of having a, like a middle aged British guy. Well, that was uh, this time. Well, that was Clive's original in the book is it it yeah. a female. Yeah, I never read the book, but I, I think it's a good evolution. The Something Hellbound different. Heart. Yeah, I, I've never read. I mean, I've obviously seen all the movies. Well, I've seen the original. I was gonna like, say you sat movies. through all eleven or twelve of those fucking things. Christ. Nah, I, I watched a couple of the sequels, like on Sci-Fi, and just wondered what I was doing with my life and stopped. They cared about the first like three or four films. After that, the it third was just. One. It was just recycled fucking dimension films that they could slap Pinhead to halfway through Pretty and call much. it a Hellraiser movie. I remember being excited for In Space. Like, I, I remember watching that. And that was that. the last one that actually cared about the plot. Yeah, and then I remember the third one had, like, fucking CD, camera head. Like, I, <laughs> I Yeah, that was that. the Hellraiser for the 90s, basically. Yeah, so. The Hell first two Earth. were good, though. We'll always have the first two. The third one's not bad. I don't know. On a wry Saturday afternoon, you look for, for something like an, to watch it's for like the nineties. Watch the nineties schlock factor. It's entertaining, but I think if you don't like that, then you're not gonna like the movie. As far as like a legit it's, good R movie, the first two. It's an Anthony Hickox movie. The guy did Waxwork and Waxwork Two. I know, and I like Waxwork and like and, uh, schlock. and Warlock. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Warlock. I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah. Never forget the eighties classics. Jocelyn, what do you think about this? You gonna be watching this October seventh on Hulu? Probably not. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm just—I'm not a big like Hellraiser fan. I never have been, but I'm was, excited for you guys, though. My my second question was gonna be, what's your favorite Hellraiser movie? Yeah, no, I just none. I never got into that. Yeah, what is none, Ed? Na, <laughs> yeah, not applicable. Uh, Justin. Always curious to hear your opinions on things. What do you think of this? Yeah, I don't have much to say. I, I never got past the first one, so I have no... You're not a Hellraiser fan? No, I saw the first one at North Point Movie Theater when I was probably about 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. And just, that adds up. Like, I just was prepped for this, like, totally gnarly, like, gore fest. And I, maybe it is, and I just don't remember it that way, but I just remember just being completely underwhelmed by the whole thing and just... Nah. The second out. one, if you look, you're you looking for a true, straight-up gore fest, uh, I'd like to direct you to the second film, my friend. Yeah, the second uh, one's be the best one. Yeah, I agree. I'm in that... that it's a rare camp, Corey and I are in, but the second one is, is the better of the two, I, I humbly think. Not by much, because the first one's fucking great. I just rewatched it recently. I got the Arrow disc, and it's the 35th anniversary. I figured, why the hell not? For some reason, we're not covering it on the fucking Horathon this year. Good job, Ed. But I might as well watch it for the hell of it. So, yeah, it holds up. <laughs> um, 
I'm looking forward to this. Andrew, are you looking forward to this? Andrew, are you awake? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We lost him. Hey, pull to Corey. Oh, Christ, he's definitely out. <laughs> I'm going to have to fucking recycle old voice audio from him to say <laughs> goodbye at the end of the episode. He, he, he really was eating NyQuil chicken. It finally just kicked in. He was! That motherfucker excused himself and all to go fucking take it out of the oven. It's probably up there. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Alright, I'm here with Jocelyn. A day after we recorded the rest of Fewer Cast. And we're gonna talk about M Night Shemalon's Knock at the Cabin. Are we gonna sing along? Yes, I of course! I are here to prevent the apocalypse. Your family has been chosen to make a horrible decision. If you fail to choose, the world will end. So, yeah, I didn't know about this film, actually. Uh, watched the trailer this morning. Was intrigued. And me, me being me, went and did some research. And so this is based off a book that came out several years ago called The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. That Paul G. Tremblay. Um, oh, did you know this? Are you familiar with the book or anything like that? No, I hadn't heard about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I know nothing about the book. I know 
basically what the plot is it's, it's similar to the movie it's four strangers appear and basically the trailer is pretty vague but the idea is dave batista ron weasley and a couple of other followers show up it's this uh gay couple and their daughter uh, in this this cabin in the woods and they show up uh basically saying that they've been sent from god to uh prevent the apocalypse and in order to do so one of the two uh couples one of the one of the two men must die in order to prevent the apocalypse that's basically the uh the gist of the plot now knowing that, that this is M. Night Shyamalan I would not put it past the man to have a couple twists inserted towards the end but you know since it's based off a book I'm, I'm not quite sure you know just how much you can you know how much plot you can twist or play around with if you're going to be faithful to the uh to the story you know what i mean yeah so and, and he is known for his plot twist <laughs> yeah uh, basically every single film he's done for the most part has had a twist i mean for the first decade or so that he had a career people went to his films expecting a twist and they wanted to know what's the twist gonna be right um you know uh some better than others some i mean you can just tell he's reaching just to make a uh you know clever twist even though it's not so clever i i like see my thing is that every single twist that he has is some kind of like moral twist you know what i mean like it has some kind of like meaning behind it everyone like every every twist that he has like every ending of his movie there's just some kind of me meaning that like really makes you think after the movie yeah, all of his twists, or at least in the beginning, his twists made you go back and rethink about what you just saw. And that's kind of a clever way of, of you know, putting some insight into the material that you're putting out. You know, you want to get your viewer engaged, and what better way to do so than to just insert the twist that'll make them be like, wait, what? And go back and either rewatch it or actually think about it and i'd imagine some filmmakers would appreciate people going back and and thinking more about the uh what they just saw if you know right and i my well my thing is that it i i feel like every one of his twists makes you think about not just the film but just thinks that, like think about life in general yeah you know you could, you could say that yeah definitely um not me personally I'm a big Dave Bautista fan, and this is, it's more than just, I, I was a fan of his as a wrestler, of course, you know, Deacon Bautista. No, but um, as an actor, the, the man's got range. I got to give it to him, you know, uh, he can really put on various kind of, various kinds of roles and yeah, that I appreciate that so much in an actor, someone who can just do one thing and to do something totally different and something that you wouldn't expect now you look at a guy like dave batista you expect him to be like a big muscle type person in, in all of his movies and for the most part he is but there's there's sometimes that role that comes out of left field sort of like this one here in this movie where he plays leonard and it's like okay well let's see what this guy's got you know mm -hmm. that being said he scares me in this trailer <laughs> because
because he's he's got that like silent he's got that calm collective approach that i just know he's a, he's gonna snap at some point you know because that's basically what this movie's about it's about you know rage and stuff like that and and that's basically i mean i don't i don't like i said i, I don't know what happens that's just basically what i'm you know taking from this trailer it just looks like it's gonna have it's going to feature a lot of characters reaching, you know, their breaking point. I mean, I don't know, though, because, I mean, if they're sent to give them an ultimatum and they don't do it and the world just ends, I mean, maybe they're just maybe those people were just sent as messengers. That's that was kind of my take on it. He seems very calm. He was very nice to the little girl and oh, yeah, and calm. But like, I I didn't feel like it might turn, you know, what's like rageful or anything like that these people might just be messengers to say like hey here's your ultimatum and this is how it's gonna be or the world's gonna end you know what i mean so i kind of feel like if they don't do it then maybe the world will just end and they all have to deal with it (laughs) you know what i mean yeah um two other things i wanted to point out one i got caught vibes from this trailer um yeah, I did too. Like, I, I kind of felt like, you know, I, I, for me, what I got from it was like the people that do like the end of the world prepping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like right. those kind of vibes. But then I also kind of got like, you know, very far right wing vibes too. And, you know, a lot of things have happened politically in the last couple of years. So right. it, it could be something that, like a road that M. Night is like going down to you know what i mean like he read this book and he was like oh speaking of which this is how the world's been lately let's make a movie about it you know yeah Uh, the other thing is this trailer really is it's it's vague it's a really vague trailer that that does not give too much away in fact did you watch the whole thing through because after at the very end of the trailer there's like a really quick glimpse of it looks like someone with their head wrapped in like something fabric or something like a pillow yeah. case yeah yeah i watched like it i watched tease. it like three times today like, just, what the fuck was that yeah just to make sure if there wasn't anything that like i missed quickly or something you know yeah yeah and it's, you know the trailer didn't give too much away it's it's kind of like i wish more trailers were cut like this because it's I, to be honest with you i don't think i'm going to go and watch any more you know promotion material from this movie if there i'm sure there's going to be another trailer or two down the road because we still have it doesn't come out until february mm-hmm. so i'm sure universal is going to put out at least one more trailer in the months leading up to it and to be honest with you i don't i'm good with this i i, I this shows me all i need to know i want to see the movie don't show me anything else and this is good. I, I wish more trailers were like this because it looks like, you know, it, it gives you just enough to make you want to, you know, see the film. Oh, yeah. It I mean, it doesn't I'm... give anything away. I don't feel after coming out of this trailer, I don't feel like I've seen 75% of the movie the way I do with the majority of trailers put out today. I feel like I've watched the movie after I've seen the two minute trailer. Right. You're intrigued. You're interested. Like, yes. My, yeah. This has piqued and, my and, interest. And M. Night is one of my, like, top favorite, you know, movie director, writers, like, ever. I, I'll honestly, I don't care what it is. I'll go see anything that he puts out because 
90% of it is going to be great. Y you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I I'm a big fan of all of his movies, like, big time. He's a filmmaker that I wish I loved. I wish I had that, you know, admiration that you do because... For me, I think his last great movie was The Village, and that was 18 years ago. Um, yeah. But I still like him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of what he's put out recently. I thought Split was a decent surprise, but Glass ruined that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, that's what was I was going to say. Split was kind of going along with, uh, what was it, Unbreakable? Yeah, split so, was awesome, like, I, and that twist really like, got me. Right, but I feel like that's not really like his story to tell. It was kind of like involved with Unbreakable, and then they were going to do Glass. So I kind of feel like he did it because he had to. Type, uh, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, like he directed it, but it's not something like a, a, most of his movies. Like he writes and stuff too, but you know, I, right. I kind of feel like that wasn't really. He couldn't put a hundred percent of himself into that movie, if you know what I mean. Because it's it was had other movies involved. It's not but like they were his like movies, in, though. Right. It, you know, it's not like it was him adapting yeah. someone else's work. I mean, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But it would make more sense if it was someone else's work. If someone else's work he was adapting. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that it's it wasn't just an independent film. You know I what I mean? You. It was like a, a trilogy. I see, I see what basically. you're trying to say. Right. Yeah. 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 And But we didn't know that going into it five, six years ago when it came out. I, at least I didn't. And that's why I said that that twist really that, surprised oh, me. Oh, yeah. Big twist. Because <laughs> I had no idea it was going to be, you know, Bruce Willis shows up at this cafe at the end. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, a, you're an Unbreakable sequel? Fuck. Right. We're like, oh, shit. Okay. This is where this is going. <laughs> but yeah. Um. But the village really got me, and people give Village a bad rap. That oh, the village is—they always have. I've, I've been defending that film from people for way too long now. Now, and that, that will continue to. That movie's incredible. Like, yeah, it's so it is. good. And what is it? Um, uh, what is her name? Dallas, Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas. Bryce, Bryce Dallas Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard. Yeah. I couldn't remember her first name. I knew it was Dallas Howard. It's Richie yeah, Cunningham's was, daughter. Right. I mean, she was great in that movie great yeah, and that was that was her breakout role yeah and then, and then a lot of people forget about like adrian brody is in there and oh, i yeah. mean adrian Ad brody's in it yeah um joaquin phoenix yes Susan, uh, i mean um sigourney weaver william hurt uh, there's just a lot of great people in that movie yeah. even minor roles you know you got people like uh jesse eisenberg is in that movie oh yeah i forgot like, about that I think yeah. he has like one line of dialogue and that's it yeah but it's but, um, that I'd have to say that movie was the one that like made me like think the most after that movie. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just was I was not expecting that more than like any other M. Night movie I've ever seen before. And I was like, wow, that like that's a really great fucking idea, you know, and I remember do that, you know. I remember when I saw that film for the first time. We went. It was back when midnight shows were like just becoming a thing. Like mm -hmm. it, it would start Thursday at midnight instead of you know Friday whenever. And we all went and checked it out. And I remember the twist upsetting me because of the fact that I didn't think of it. Like I was mad that the twist was like there, and it was just like 
it, it kind of like slipped past me because it's like I feel like I should have predicted this twist a mile away, mm-hmm. but I, I, it, it got me, and I was like, ah. And if, of course, it was the most obvious twist he could have done. It's like, oh, it takes place in modern times. It's like, god damn you, M Night. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most it's the most obvious fucking twist. It's been in my, it's been in front of my face the entire film, and you're just not getting me. So bravo. But yeah, um, reeling it back in the the, the film, uh, this movie here, um, color me intrigued. And like I said, I'm I'm good with watching or seeing anything else as far as marketing goes leading up to february this is enough i now want to see this movie don't tell me anything else you know that's right. where i'm at that's why i'm at with this film so yeah i mean just like there's involved with it has me excited i mean you know i know you said ron weasley but i'm gonna call him rupert grant because that's his name <laughs> and i, I feel know. like i'm just excited to see him like not you know like in a different role and and yeah. doing something different because that's what he is you know recognized as ron weasley you know but but jonathan groff i i love him i i think he's um i think he's adorable i, th- I think he's great in anything that he's into so I'm excited. And I'm excited to, I mean, if Dave Bautista is, you know, going to be showing like he's a dark side. Yeah. Like I'm excited for that too. Cause I'm he's like, gonna be good. to me, he'll always be Drax. So seeing <laughs> him in this movie, I'm just like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm, I'm so excited about this movie. It's going to be great. Even if it's not, it's going to be great. <laughs> yep. So definitely looking forward to it. Come on, February. Yep. All right. Let's move on to a, a very brief physical media roundup. I just want to say, I didn't get any... Uh, blu-rays or movies or anything but my parents brought over my box of goosebump books and i was like looking through those i was like so i kind of reacquired my whole goosebumps collection it's pretty awesome like i'm gonna give them to my son when he's older because i have like the whole first run that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool i discovered this site called mercari and boy (laughs) holy shit man i want to fucking splurge so I got like 21, 22 Jump Street and 4K, Sicario and Sicario Day. This I just played catch up, guys, on a bunch of shit that I should have owned before. I never did. People had them for dirt cheap prices. I mean, I got fucking Tales from the Hood, the Scream Factory uh, edition of it for like nine bucks from somebody. Um, I got Isn't the birds like in 4K eBay? for five. Yeah, dude. But for some reason, like, I guess people don't know about it because like these these prices are insane so i don't know so far so good um and then outside of that i got the funhouse 4k version that screen project just dropped which looks amazing um i got an old screen factory movie called hell night with linda blair that it, it was a random buy just i was at uh fye at the mall last weekend and it was sitting there for 30 bucks with uh 
slip cover and everything. I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm in the mood for a, you know, a cheesy 80s horror movie. And boy, I got what I was asking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, movie's picked, not nearly fun enough. Yeah. And I, I picked up 30 bucks for that. Yeah. Well, jokes on me, I guess. I still <laughs> like it because of the collection. I like the boutique, the boutiqueness of it. Um, Speaking of boutique films, Arrow Videos edition of Blood Rage, just in time for Thanksgiving. If you're, like, if you're in the mood for a good Thanksgiving slasher movie, Blood Rage, that's the shit. That's not cranberry sauce. And then finally, I got Universal's uh, Monty Python's Being in Life 4K. I was telling you, I was watching it the other day before I went to, went to Justin's house. Looks good. Sounds good. My, still my favorite Monty Python movie, so thumbs up from this guy. Um, I mean, I is that Blood Rage? Is that Blood Rage 4K or is that like just no? It's Blu-ray and it comes. Blu-ray. Let me let me borrow. It comes that. of a DV, It comes of a DVD, buddy. Yeah, it's let me borrow. That. I've been wanting to watch that for years and just haven't gotten around to it. It's the old Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Yeah, I love those. So, <laughs> um, you got it. Uh, let's see. Announcements wise, Keno Lorber announced. Well, they announced this a while back, but they gave it a date. Uh, Mystery Men 4K comes out hey. next. Yeah. November 22nd uh. is when it comes out. And it's fucking chock full of new features. Like I said, it's got that 4K restoration that they just worked on. It's got a nice slipcover, too, with the uh, original, original theatrical poster. It's good stuff. Um, Let's see. Lionsgate is putting out Clark's 3 on Blu-ray December 6th as well as Jeepers Creepers Reborn on November 15th and finally the next film in the MVD Rewind Movie Classics collection is going to be Men at Work from Emilio Estevez hey I love Men at Work so fucking much it comes out January 24th I've already got my fucking copy pre-ordered Golfer Clap Golfer Clap uh, why haven't we covered Men at Work on the podcast? Justin, where are you at on Men at Work? I was never a fan. No, what the fuck, no, dude? Get the fuck I, off of here right now. Get the fuck out that, of here. I think I saw that at North Point, too. And I was just, and I was super excited because I, I loved both Charlie Sheen and Emilio, uh, Emilio Estevez. So I was excited to see them together. And, I just and John Getz as the villain? Who's that? John Getz is the villain? Yeah, and, and uh, Keith David's in it. It's like a bunch of Keith people David. I like. I just didn't like the movie. I just didn't find it funny. I mean, I haven't Dean seen Cameron. it in 30 years, but Dean Cameron, see, that's enough to make me rewatch it right there. Yeah, he's the fucking pizza boy, dude. I love that <laughs> shit. That's good, man. I, I'm a big fan of that movie. And Leslie Hope is the, uh, I guess, the damsel in the stress or whatever you want to call her in that movie. She's not really a damsel in the stress. She's just... The, 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 the lead the, the heroine or whatever um but yeah that's coming out in January so like I said I've already got my copy pre-ordered and I fucking love Men at Work uh, it's a movie I've owned on VHS DVD Blu-ray you name it I yeah still got the DVD <laughs> yeah alright and finally this was announced about two weeks ago we're just now getting to it on here um or at least I'm just now waiting to bring it up for whatever reason. But Criterion is putting out Wally from Disney Pixar. 
on November 22nd. I thought it was a joke when I first saw the announcement. Because first of all, it was just a one-off announcement that they did. And they never do one-off announcements. Criterion always has like their top of the month like breakdown yeah. reveal. It's never a one-off like this was. And yeah, then it it's happened. always like a group of stuff. Right. And then it happened. And I'm like, I thought it was someone fucking with us. Someone like maybe, maybe hacked into like their, you know, their social media pages and stuff. And made like a pretty creative illustration or whatever of what the cover would look like yeah criterion has their weird covers and stuff you know how they are nope this is legit it's confirmed and everything apparently this is not the only film coming our way from criterion or from disney on criterion either apparently they struck a uh i think i read a 10 film deal criterion's doing business with disney guys that's fucking crazy we are it's living in a crazy time. Yeah, it's just interesting because Disney is like so against physical media. Like, you know, everything's all about Disney Plus and streaming. I'm just really surprised that they would strike any kind of deal with uh, Criterion. It makes me wonder if like somebody used to work at Disney now works at Criterion and they're like, oh, well, just throw them a bone. Just let them have fucking Wally and some of the Cars movies or something like I that. Mean- they can release that. There is a Disney movie club and I'm I'm still a part of it. So, I mean, there is I'm just saying like there is such a thing as like them still having like physical media out there. Oh, I know. I know that and stuff. What we're talking about though is the fact that Disney's been known especially now with the 4K uh, format. They're just they've even come out and said like we're not putting out we're focusing all of our, you know, movies going digital to like disney plus that's what they're yeah. that's their new market now they've pretty open about said, it. <laughs> very open especially after they bought fox and and that all happened because they put out speed and home alone fake they, they got releases in 4k like physical copies and then they were we were pretty much told after that like look these are only happening because fox had already done the restorations for them and now it's either we just sit on this or we release it, make some money off of it. And that's why also just last month we got Heat that came out finally through Disney, even though that was originally a, originally that was Regency, Warner Brothers, then it became Fox and now it's Disney. That's crazy. But yeah, um, other than that, they said this is it. And, and, and I believe it too, because we haven't seen anything else come out on the format. Uh, who knows when we're going to see films like True Lies, The Abyss, you know, films like Criterion, like Criterion, James Cameron, um, uh, having holding out on getting physical releases, but they're they're Fox films, so it's and Fox is now owned by Disney. So uh, maybe what I'm getting at is I don't know. Could Criterion finally put out that that true lies edition we've been clamoring for all these years. No. Yeah, I think I mean, with the Disney, with the um, Pixar thing, it's, it's prestigious to have a you know, criterion collection do a, a version of your movie. So I think it's, it's smart at Disney to take like their, their most beloved movies and let criterion. And I'm sure they get a cut on it too, obviously. So let criterion, you know, jazz it up and, and put it out there. That's a smart thing to do. But they've always been weird about like home media releases. Like, remember in the old days, the like I, maybe not the past 20 years, but there was a period of time where it'd be like, 
get Pinocchio till the end of November because after that we're pulling it off the shelves. It, it was well, the vault. That's like they always done. Yeah, it's that, it's that vault that we always see. You know, Scrooge McDuck swimming in it, being in every fucking Ducktales episode. Well, and it was their whole strategy with VHS. Like at the beginning of VHS, you couldn't buy a lot of the mainline movies. It right. was all just shorts and bullshit. Now, but also, there's 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 actually two sides of that coin though because that club, Jocelyn, that you mentioned being a part of, being a part of that club nowadays also entitles you to exclusive Blu-rays that aren't available to the general public. Because that's the only reason, that's the only way you can get films like the Muddy Ducks on Blu-ray, the first three, or the, the only three. Muddy Ducks films on Blu-ray is through this club, apparently. There's other films, too. I'm just naming them off as, a, as an example. But yeah, and then There's like exclusives. I'll get like emails saying like still they talk about like the vault every now and then like <laughs> get it before it's gone blah 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 right. blah yeah I'm not as much as you used to because like back then it was like such a big deal it was like shit there's, I better buy this yeah you know? there's no more vault anymore Christ. yeah I mean you can basically watch yeah I mean b- because of Disney Plus now it's like right I, I've I've actually been like. I, I don't even remember. I think I've had Disney Plus for like, like two years, now, almost three years now, and I don't even get anything from that club anymore. I should probably just like cancel it because it's pointless. But yeah, that's that's it. Slow week on uh, physical media stuff. That's pretty much that. Hey, right, let's move on to weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Uh, I'll go first. This week, I'm laying Toby Hooper's The Fun House on everyone. As I mentioned earlier, I got that new Screen Factory disc with the brand new transfer that really gives the film new life. But that's not why I'm throwing this one out there. I've been wanting to recommend this film for a few weeks now. So The Fun House, Hooper's underrated gem of a slasher movie. I'll begin with the overall cast. Uh, First off... Toby really keeps a tight ship with this movie. There's honestly not too many big names involved. I'd say the biggest names you'll find in the funhouse are character actor Kevin Conway and Gordon Gekko's realtor Dolores Sylvia Miles. The actors who play the four teens who are trapped inside the haunted house are a bunch of unknown actors who... I don't know. It was pretty fun to find out that the uh, actress who plays the lead girl, Amy, is actually Kevin Corrigan's wife. So, it's not the goriest slasher of the 80s, but Rick Baker does the makeup effects, because 81 was just his grand year as a makeup effects artist. But yeah, the uh, design of Gunther is so unnerving. That creature will haunt me forever, especially the scene where he's slowly approaching that girl from the air duct with the, in the, in the, uh, the darkness. Yeah, that stuff gets me every time. But like I said, it's not the goriest movie, but the kills are still somewhat good, especially if that's what you go into horror movies excited to see. It's such a creepy movie, maybe even a top three Hooper film for me, for sure. Um, if there's one thing I don't like about the movie, it's definitely the Spielberg route that Toby tries going with the lead girl's little brother, Joey. The movie randomly just cuts to him without... He's like looking for his sister. Um, he like sneaks out of the house and eventually it all just builds up and leads to an incident that gets shut down almost immediately. Like all the scenes we've been spending with this kid have been for nothing. But the worst affair is when he, in the beginning, when we first meet him, he's peeking in on his naked sister, trying to prank her while she's in the shower. 
it's definitely as bizarre as it sounds, but yeah. Uh, the rest of the film, though, makes up for it because the combination of the scary makeup effects and the idea that the Gunther monster can just come out from any dark area at an instance is truly terrifying. And Hooper makes you wait for the scares instead of just dumping out all those tricks in front of you right away and having nothing left in the tank for the rest of the film. But yeah, check it out for yourself. If I'm not mistaken, it's previous conversation with guest Sean Clark's favorite horror movie. I'm pretty sure it is, which is awesome. I can definitely see why. But that's my recommendation for this week. Who wants to recommend something next? Uh, I'll go next. Uh, Andrew's there, back. there he is. <clears throat> I figured I haven't talked in a little while, so I'll go. Um, you don't say. My recommendation this week, of course, the movie that I haven't seen. Is the man who fell to earth a 1976 <laughs> british science fiction film directed by some dude named nicholas roeg and it has david bowie in it and rip torn yeah combination um it's edited nah forget about that the, the music is by John Phillips. <laughs> I can't pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> the music is by John Phillips. It's got a budget of $1.5 and it did not do great. So we won't talk about that. But hey, it's got, <laughs> David, said the better. It's got, it's got David Bowie in it. And Rip That's Moore. always a plus. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. What are you really recommending now? Lilo and Stitch. Nice. We watched that film a few nights ago, and I I still thoroughly enjoy it. It's the first time I've seen it in like a decade, but it's, it's probably like my favorite Disney film, honestly. And I I've watched that film like a million times over my life. So one of the most unique Disney films when you think about it. Yeah, between oh. that and Monsters Inc., I I feel like they're like two of my favorites. Ohana Moon's Pamalu. I still got it. I love Lilo and Stitch. I love it to death. Please don't make a fucking live action movie version of it that I'm hearing that they're doing still. That's freaky oh as God. shit. Don't do it. That would suck. Please stop. That please, would suck. Please don't. <laughs> I still remember seeing it in the theaters 20 years ago when it first came out. Yes, I was that guy in the theaters seeing Lilo I think, and Stitch. I think I was there too. Yes, you were. All right, Justin, what do you got this week? Um. So... I'm going to do two just because I saw well, one was a rewatch and one was a first time watch, but they're both like for me, five star movies. So I don't, it's been a while since I've seen a couple five star movies, like so close together. Um, the first one is a movie I mentioned a couple weeks ago because I just recently bought it. It's called a girl walks home alone at night. Hmm. Um, it's a vampire movie, but it at times feels almost like a, a neo-western a french new wave movie an indie romance it, like it does all these different things but not in a jarring way it just really flows naturally um it's shot in black and white it's just beautiful to look at um it's iranian it was filmed in america they're like iranian americans but it's it's i don't know that it's ever specified but it's all like spoken in iranian so you get the impression that it takes place in Iran and it feels very foreign yet very familiar all at the same time. It's just, it, it's a movie that works on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, don't expect like 
a, a, the scariest, goriest vampire movie, but it's just it, it's just really well made, tells an interesting story. Um, and actually, the the girl who's the vampire, um, I forget her name offhand, but she was the other girl in that movie, the rental Ed. Uh, so not Allison Brie, but the other one who. Was okay, the, I was wondering who that was. Yeah, that's like the only other thing that I've seen her in. Okay. Um, so I, I don't want to say a lot. Like just you know, go in not knowing a ton. If you're interested, it's it's a beautiful movie. Um, the other one I've watched that, that just blew me away was the, this one was a first time watch. It's another Paul Schrader movie. It's from I believe '85, and it's called Machina: yes. a, Life, a Life in Four Chapters. Um, and uh, this is another one. It's told all in Japanese, which. One of the things I hate about movies is when it's, you know, for American, it would be foreign. You know, when they tell a foreign story and everybody speaks English with like an accent, it, it just always takes me out of the movie immediately. And I know like 30, 40 years ago, it, it, it wasn't conceivable to do everything with subtitles, I guess. But nowadays we're at a point where, where it should be done that way. And this is done that way. And, um, Again, I don't want to say a lot about it because I really knew nothing about it going into it and it made it that much better. But the the guy that it tells the story of, it's a true story. Um, this guy was sort of like Japan's Hemingway. He was like, uh, you know, he was a writer. Uh, he did all kinds of stuff. He wrote, he acted. I think he actually directed some movies. Um, but he was mostly known as a writer. And he, he struggled with being a, a closeted homosexual. So he sort of subverted that and became like a real macho man kind of guy. Um, and the story's told sort of in three different styles. So you get the story in, in what is present day for him would be 1970. Um, that's told in an almost like documentary type style. Then you get flashbacks to his childhood and, and early adulthood. And that's filmed in black and white. And it looks like an old black and white Jap Japanese movie from like the 50s or early 60s and then you get scenes from his books that are really highly stylized and almost look like uh, like plays you know the obvious set sort of thing um, but they're all told right. differently and everything flows one into the other so the, the, the flashbacks help explain the present and the present helps explain the stories and the stories all touch on aspects of his life. It's it's probably the best example I've ever seen of a movie about art, and you know, an artist and the art, how the art affects his life and how his life affected the art. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, and again, it's a Paul Schrader movie, that guy, like I've said it before, but he's just ridiculously underrated. Um, just when, you know, he's made a lot of movies and they're not all masterpieces he, he wrote taxi driver yeah i mean he wrote taxi but there was a lot of movies like that i could pick out a handful that are just straight up fucking masterpieces like some of the best things you'll ever see straight and bangers he's got a lot of what's that i said straight bangers as we call it yeah and then he's got a lot of shit like he did that one with Lindsay lohan the canyon so he's got stuff like that mixed in there too you know but um <laughs> when when he's on it's fucking amazing and this is one of those movies where he's on all right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Jocelyn, what do you got for us this week? X. 
<laughs> yeah, why is no, it X? I will not be recommending X. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I uh, took um, the advice of Andrew and oh, I tried shit. lightly with that because he said it, you know, wished me luck. Um, I watched Mother on Friday. Yeah, I was and I knew. This. Yeah, and I know we talked about it a little bit through like you know text chain and stuff. Um, and I mean, Requiem for a Dream really fucked me up. Um, watching this movie, it was like uh, I actually like I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I know there's like a lot of crazy stuff. It's very like you have to pay attention because you're gonna miss something because it's like like you were saying like uh, Justin like the third act is like crazy like when she's going room to room and it's like a dream and stuff like I totally got that watching it um but I just I thought it was great I thought that um Jennifer Lawrence did an amazing job I I thought it was like one of the best roles not one of the best roles not the best role but it was one of the best roles I've ever seen her in I think it might be my favorite of her roles and I, I like her so she's done you know at least a handful of things that I really like and this is definitely up there if, if not the top I, I ended up like Saturday night for whatever reason I was just up late and it was like just rolling around almost two o'clock and I was like I just want to watch something for like an hour and then I'll be done and fucking mother was just starting I was like you motherfucker because all the <laughs> at the end so it's like I'm not going to watch the first half an hour and bail on it at that point. So I was up till four o'clock in the morning watching Mother for like the eighth time. <laughs> yeah, nice. I mean, I, d I feel like definitely like the two, the like the first like two thirds of the movie is definitely more interesting because there's like this mystery in there and you, it kind of makes you want to keep watching it. Like a couple times you're just like, what the hell is going on here? You know, and and you're questioning different things that happen and stuff and then the end is just like complete fucking chaos <laughs> um but like i like the twist I, I mean i did i totally called that you know i was like i bet you that's da -da 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 -da. i don't want to give it away but i i definitely called the end of it which i thought was neat but it was kind of like a it's like a full circle movie basically um but yeah, I mean, it does touch on religion a little bit. And like, like I was telling you, Ed, like I'm not religious at all. But um, if you know, like Justin was saying, like the basic, you know, stuff about the Bible, then like you'd understand it. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't really. Sorry. Not I mean, to fucking you, insult myself. Do you but... know who Cain and Abel is? Nope. Like. <laughs> okay well you know who adam and like eve Undertaker? are so <laughs> i know that one Corey. yeah <laughs> but but i mean like i don't really know a lot I, I said i stopped going to you know sunday school when i was like 10 years old so hey, at least you but, went um, yeah i mean i went for a few months and then i was like eh. my grandmother was trying to you know yeah. save my soul and everything so um she failed <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I just i enjoyed it I, I thought it was a good movie there's there's a couple parts that are just kind of you know make you not want to look and they're a little cringy but um but i i enjoyed it i, I really did so yeah. that's you motherfuckers not gonna make me want to go and watch this movie <laughs> it's on paramount plus i know that I'm an atheist, and but you know, like you don't have to be a religious person to enjoy it. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. fascinated by it, despite not believing in any of it. I, I'm fascinated by religion, so Again. I'll watch 
it's really I'm not religious whatsoever. I, you know, fantastic. I yeah. don't know the source material. Well, I mean, I was scared going into it because Andrew's like, more power to you. Good luck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Now, I, now like, I'm like, I must be like fucked up in the head because I'm like, now I want to watch it. Like, am I a weirdo? Because I'm he like, was warning, yeah. Yeah, I was like intrigued by it. It was, made me curious. So, can we answer the aforementioned question for you? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I right. think that even if you, if you don't even like, know the religious stuff if you don't even look at it from that lens it can still be interesting just as a like a surreal kind of like people won't get the fuck out of my house like you know they were making movies like that in the 70s like art movies like that and this is kind of a callback to that so right and it, take and the it, religion out of it you can still enjoy it right and it still does touch base on like 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 the riots in it and stuff. I mean, that's stuff that happens nowadays right. more so than there ever has been in our lives, you know? But it's... You can read it, it a few different ways. Yeah, you can. And, like, I got the whole, like, global warming thing that you were talking about and stuff, too. But it's it's just a good movie, and, like, the acting's really good in it. Uh, there's a lot of big-name, big, big name, you know, people in there, too. So I definitely think it's, it's worth uh, checking out. All right, Corey. All right, so uh, the best for last. Yeah, since the spooky season's uh, you know kind of kicking off now, I see people decorating for Halloween and all that. I'm gonna oh, recommend it's in a full fucking effect, brother. Yeah, I'm gonna recommend a horror movie. I think I brought it up on here before. I might have recommended it like way back when, but uh, I wanted to do it again. Recommend um, it again. Fuck it. Yeah, it's a movie that nobody has seen, nobody talks about, and that's The Empty Man. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite horror movies I've seen like recently, like uh, probably in the past five or so years. Like it, it, it really just surprised the hell out of me. So for anybody who doesn't know the story of this movie, it was like one of the last movies Fox actually made before the merger took place between Fox and Disney. So this movie just got dumped it, it's on streaming like you watch it on hbo right now um but it i don't even think it has a physical release yet it didn't get a theatrical release it just got dumped on streaming during covid no one saw it it's by a first-time director it's two and a half hours long it's got a generic Jesus. title it the title makes you think it's gonna be like a slender man type ripoff like teen horror movie and it kind of is that at the very beginning, but then halfway through the movie, it turns into like a mystery slash horror movie. Like it's just really interesting. Like it's written and uh, directed by the same guy. It's his uh, directorial debut, and it's just a well done horror movie to start out with, and then it completely turns into something different halfway through the movie, and then you're just wondering what the fuck's going on um, as the mystery goes on, and it's just one of those you have to really invest. Like you really have to pay attention understand but it's dripping in atmosphere like it just had me hooked i've watched it three times now um which is saying a lot for how long the movie is uh, how much it intrigued me um just an original premise uh just awesome uh it's starring um it's got a bunch of really no names i mean it's starring james badge dale which you know he has a little bit of a that guy face because he was like in the departed and iron man 3 like he's been in a couple of big movies as supporting a uh, role, but he's, you know, on he's in the lead in this one for the whole movie. You're with him. 
So uh, he does a great job. Like I said, the director, um, I think his name's like David Pryor. He directed, wrote the whole thing. Just fantastic movie. I think if, if you're a fan of horror, uh, definitely one to check out. I mean, it's streaming. You don't have to pay anything extra to watch it. Um, you know, time-wise, it's an investment, but it's it's interesting. I think it, at the very least, if you, you don't, even if you don't like it, it's going to stick with you just because you're going to be like, what movie was this? Like, <laughs> uh, like I'm watching a Slender Man ripoff that's pretty good, and then now it's turned into something completely different. Like, there's very few movies that just completely change what it's doing halfway through, and it works. Like, it works in this movie, and it's just awesome. So, yeah, just great movie, Empty Man. Like, nobody's heard of it, but it's... I feel like in 10 years, it's going to be, like, on Scream Factory or um, Arrow or something like that. I really do think it's going to be, like, a cult-type movie right. in about 10 or 15 years from now, because it's that good. Yeah, you talked about it before. You put it on my radar because I had heard of it, but like you said, I was like, "Oh Christ, another one of these things." And um, you you talked about how good it is, so I was like, "Oh yeah, I've been meaning to go back and check that out." But what I did check out was your recommendation from last week, Moonfall. <laughs> Moonfall, yeah, fuck yeah. You are now this- part of the moon. <laughs> so with Moonfall, like. Like, I'm one of those people now, like, as soon as I get done watching a movie, I immediately log on Letterboxd and, like, just kind of give it a little, like, rating and all that. Just, not for even anybody else, just so, like, two years from now, I can go back and reference it if I'm like, did I fucking even watch this movie? What did I think of it? Uh. And (laughs) Moonfall was so bad that I'm like, I'm not even going on Letterboxd. Like, fuck it. I'll just pretend, like, I didn't watch that. Oh, goddamn, pal. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's I, like at one point I looked at my wife and was like, this might be the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's it's just, pretty it's, fucking dumb. Yeah, it's just <laughs> And it actually like offended me at a certain point because I was like, this looks <laughs> like just cutscenes of every other movie that Roland Emmerich's ever done. Like he just went back and took a, a sequence from Independence Day, a sequence, a sequence from 2012. It's like, how many times do I need to see this guy with a fucking... It, one of his movies where a tidal wave like wipes out a city it's like he's done it like four fucking movies in a row now but he's not even trying anymore and I the, love the like, blatant product placement it was just did, it was crazy did you love the part where fucking uh, Pena is like supposed to be this heartfelt sacrifice and she, she just fucking dies and I'm just like laughing because it's so fucking <laughs> stupid and ham-fisted who? he's like Michael uh, fucking Michael Pena's in it. It's oh. fucking terrible. It's mostly this heartfelt thing. He gives his daughter his oxygen. He's like, go, go, honey. And he just fucking falls over and dies. And it's just so fucking terrible and hilarious. Like, it took me like three goes because I started, like, I put it on one night and, <laughs> and then we were going to watch something else. So I was like, I watched like the first half an hour and then I DVR'd and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back and watch. And then I like started watching it and fell asleep. Then I watched it again. My wife's like, how many times are you going to watch this movie? I'm like, I'm still trying to get through the first fucking watch. Like, I, I can't give up on it now. I got to see what happens. I love uh, when Halle Berry's talking to her son. I love you more than all the stars. I mean, she is just putting on some A-plus fucking Oscar acting right there. script's terrible. And I like Patrick Wilson. I was like, oh, what happened uh, to Patrick Wilson? He's a fucking douchebag in the yeah, movie. terrible. <laughs> And then I love at the end when fucking uh, Sam from Game of Thrones, he's like fucking sacrifices himself at the big ending. And then 
he's like in this computer and they're like you're part of the moon now and then he's like what's next the fucking sequel baiting yeah, right there oh my God. moonfall <laughs> 2 baby <laughs> we down is this meant bit. to be like a they fucking do that or... Hell yeah, they set it up. Absolutely. (laughs) You're part of the moon now. That's a literal fucking line from this movie. (laughs) No way. No fucking way. (laughs) And he gets like a little smile on his face. Coming to my voodoo account very soon. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's everything you could expect it to be. Yeah, it's it's a schlock Uh, motherfucking movie. If you like schlock, it it, it hits the spot. I love my favorite thing. It just occurred to me after I watched it. Her, Halle Berry's husband, who like stops the nukes from launching, he is like the fucking worst person ever. He's like, I trust my wife can fix this. We're not gonna launch the nukes. He has no fucking idea what his yeah, wife's right, doing. Right. He's just like, fuck <laughs> everybody. I'm just gonna go off. I think my wife can save us. I haven't talked to her. I have no clue where she's <laughs> at. I don't know if she's in the fucking moon right now. I just think she's gonna save us. And He's I'm like, gonna not. Talk <laughs> I got nukes. a hunch. He's like, I, 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 I got to save my wife. And the general's like, I got a wife, too. And I was like, that's the first fucking smart thing that somebody in this movie said. To you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, yeah. Anybody who likes bad movies, such as Justin and I, like it is just the <laughs> most fucking uh, heartless, soulless, dumbest piece of shit ever. But it is hilarious. <laughs> just tons of unnecessary green screen, like, you know. Like they Kaspersky just like everywhere. Out on the balcony and it's all just green screens. Like what you, you really you're you're too fucking lazy to like set up a camera and point it out a window? Nope. It's like getting out of his fucking car going into a library green screen, bitch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh man. All right then. Well let's talk football. All right. So after a week two of Upsets, comebacks, tragedies, setbacks. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, what a fucking mm-hmm. week two it was in the NFL. And it really, whew, looking back at our fucking picks from last week, hoo, 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 hoo. Blood if bad. only we knew, if only we knew. That brings us to week three now. Before we make our picks, I got the scores so far as of week two. I'm at 13, Jocelyn 16, Justin 15, Andrew 10, Corey with 13 correct picks. That means Jocelyn, Recount. you are in the lead. <laughs> and you guys were busting her balls for like being the contrarian the whole time. Seems like I know. No, uh, no. We would never do such a thing. We love Jocelyn. We would never. I busted her balls for having the East Coast, West Coast, North West, my Northern Western team. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into it. Uh, so we got Thursday night. We got Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Well, by the time this episode drops, that game would have already happened. Let's see how we picked. Uh, I'm rolling with Pittsburgh on this. I just think Cleveland. I think Jacoby Brissett's the worst quarterback in the NFL. And that's that's pretty much my basis as to why I'm picking Pittsburgh. So I'm picking Pittsburgh. Jocelyn, who are you picking? I'm actually going to pick the Browns. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Justin? Here we go again. <laughs> no, I made a list this time. Well, reverse Last psychology. Week I was Respect. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, but that works for you. You got to stick with it. You don't change it up when it's working for you. Right. <laughs> um, are they at Cleveland? It's at Cleveland, yes. All right, I'm going Cleveland. All right. 
Andrew. I'm going Cleveland. They're both terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the lone wolf. Corey. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh. All right. Someone with some fucking brains. Thank you. Corey, I'm going to pick that I'm because he joking. didn't want you to feel left I'm alone. just kissing around. Kissing. I'm just joshing <laughs> around. All right, next up, we got Buffalo at Miami. This was a tough one because, well, it's Buffalo and Miami. Um, now, hopefully, we're all picking with, you know, unbiased opinions. That's all I'm going to say. That being said, it was tough. But the game's in Miami. Miami with that fucking ferocious comeback. I got. It. I'm rolling with Miami here. I hate. I don't know. It was tough, but I said in the end, Miami's got this. Jocelyn, who you got? Um, let's not talk about last week anymore. I'm going Bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. Yeah, Miami's looking good, but I think they're playing over their heads and they're going to come back down to earth sooner rather than later. So I'm going Buffalo. All right, we shall see. All right, Andrew. I'm going Dolphins. They're playing at home. They've been a perfectly fine team yeah. so far this year. I mean, they scored, what, 42 points on us? They're, they're definitely not, like, definitely they're, not, like, a mishap. They're definitely not in over their heads. I mean, <laughs> it's really easy. Tyreek Hill runs straight, and Tua throws it to him. It's not rocket science. So, That's I just right. don't think the Bills' defense are going to be able to really do too, too much with that. All right, Corey? I'm going with the Bills. I think they're going to win the AFC this year. Yep. They, they might. They might. Can't win this game. <laughs> Just joking. Who knows? Oh, maybe I'm not. <laughs> uh, next up, we got the Eagles coming to D.C. Take on the Commanders. Oof. So, I think Philadelphia is on a roll right now. I'm going with the Eagles. Fly high. Jocelyn. I'm going Eagles, too. All right. No, I'm I'm going Phillies. Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> Phillies. All right, Justin. As Justin would say, I'm going Phillies. All right, Andrew. Phillies. Corey. I'm going with the Commanders, man. Dick Commanders. Yeah, the Dick Commanders. The Dick Commanders. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna command their dicks right up the Phillies' ass. <laughs> God. Hey now. All right. Next hey, up, we got yeah, the Bengals are heading to DC. No, I'm sorry, wrong game. Heading to New Jersey or New York, whichever you look at it. Jets. They're playing the Jets. Okay, they're playing Ooh. the Jets at home or uh, at the Jets. Um. So yeah, I'm going with the Jets. I'm gonna shut up now and just pick my team. Jets. I am going Jets too. All right, Justin. Bungles. All right, Andrew. I'm going with the third most passing yards in the league, Joe Pick Flacco. Your fucking team. <laughs> Just joking, dude. I, I'm sorry. Before you, Corey, pick your pick. What's your pick? Uh, it's like picking between a pile of shit and a bigger pile of shit. That's not I'll true. The Bengals. That's not true. <laughs> and I'll tell you why it's not true. Because Joe Flacco, baby, fucking elite is alive. I'm telling you, he's got <laughs> the most fucking throws right now in the NFL. 
his fucking pass rating, his quarterback rating, his numbers in general were fucking pretty awesome. I I I, I happen to believe that this is um this is uh this is gonna happen the whole season. It's gonna ride it out. You're talking about the next MVP of the NFL, baby. That's Joey Flacco. Telling he's you, always fighting for that paycheck. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's he's all he's got, good at. He's like, I got dropped by fucking <laughs> M&T. They're like, the M&T pink slip. Flacco has it. Uh, I'm going to get them fuckers back. So, yeah, Flacco. Flacco, baby. And the Jets, they're going to win it all. One of the not. They're going to go. They're going to play Kansas City, and they're not going to win. So, that's how it's going to roll out. The Jets, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they'll definitely beat the Bengals. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's move on then. Uh, we got the Vegas Raiders coming to Tennessee, take on the Titans, who have yet to win a game, who look terrible, who I could not pick. So, I'm picking against. I'm going with the Raiders. I am Last. going Raiders too. Alright. Yeah, I'll Last. go Raiders. Yeah, fuck it, I'll go Raiders. Andrew. Raiders. Corey. Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> no one believes in Tennessee. What happened? Oh man, Derek Kenny, remember that guy? Oh man. Fuck you, Vrabel. I hate Tennessee now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andrew, next up we got your guys, the New Orleans Saints are heading to Carolina to play Baker Mayfield, Baker's Dozen, in Nashville. Who you got? I'll just, uh, I'll just get to serve my vote in real quick and just tell you it's the Saints, because they're playing right. the fucking Carolina Panthers. I just wanted to ask you that <laughs> one. And even, first. even though Jameis Winston is fucking horrible, we're still getting it. All right. Yeah, I I I picked the uh the, the, the Saints. Justin. I'm going Saints too. Alright. Justin? Yeah, the Taints. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. Corey. I'm pretty sure it's in um Winston's contract to like throw two picks a game for <laughs> Winston's. But uh I'll still pick the picks. Saints. No, he actually he actually has to eat a W. We'll be gone. You gonna eat a W? You know, remember that when he was a saint, or uh, when he was a Buccaneer, and he had that whole fucking like pep, pep rally or that speech to everyone before the game, and he's like actually putting all his fingers in his mouth. He's like, What's that right this? before? Is that right before he I, broke the record for interception? I'm eating a W. It's me eating a W. You gonna eat a W? You don't remember that? No. Okay. Well, Corey, who you got? I had that. You probably already said. Not this week. Said the Saints. All right, that's what I thought. Well, throw two picks, but they'll still win. All right. Uh, next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens heading up north of New England, taking on the Patriots. I'm rolling with the Patriots in this game. After that, I've seen enough. I've seen all that I need to see after watching that Ravens, or at least watching the highlights from Sunday's game. Um, yeah, I mean. Lamar can put up as many points as he wants, but that defense is going to fucking really fucking hurt that team. And they have. I don't know. Um, I'm going Ravens because Lamar got me 65 points in my fantasy last You're week. a fucking homer. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Be real about it. 
Uh. Well, yeah, but I did good <laughs> picking Lamar as a quarterback, too. So. Ah, uh, shit. Justin, who you got? Yeah, the defense did them dirty, but I'm going Ravens. I don't think New England can put up 40, whatever, 43. Is that what Miami put up? I don't think the Patriots 42. have 42. that. 42. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're not going to. You know, the Ravens will outgun them. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Andrew? The Ravens threw out 35 points last week. That's not to be shortchanged. I mean, yeah. the fucking New England Patriots are not throwing up 42, so the Ravens. All right, Corey. I gotta back the Mac, man. I gotta back Mac Jones uh, I knew in New England. New England. There you go. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Detroit Lions. That's that. That's funny. Detroit. They're heading to Minneapolis. <laughs> take on the Vikings. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. I picked Detroit. <laughs> Jocelyn, who do you got? I'm going Vikings. All right, Justin. Vikings. Damn, Andrew. I'm gonna pick the Vikings. I don't care about either or. <laughs> All right, Corey. Yeah, ever since I saw uh, the old Detroit quarterback run out of the end zone and still try to fucking pass the ball, it was named Orvlovsky. Uh Yeah, I'll never pick the Lions again. <laughs> so I picked the Vikings. <laughs> Everybody remember that? He's like fucking 20 feet out of bounds. He's like trying to fucking pass. Look that shit up if you don't remember it. Uh. Motherfucker's over by the coke stand. He's still trying to complete the pass. (laughs) All right. Next up, we got the Chiefs. Heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. We look really fucking bad. Of course, I'm picking the Chiefs. Chiefs all day. I'm going Chiefs too. There you go. Justin. Chiefs. Easy enough. Andrew. Chiefs. All right, Corey. Colts. No, fuck no, the Chiefs. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Colts are so bad, and it fucking breaks my heart, too, because I fucking ruined... I, I have so much fucking stock in Jonathan Taylor, and he's just... I don't know, man. That whole fucking Michael Pittman not playing last week also hurt. We'll see. Chiefs. Oh, yeah, Chiefs. Let it be known. We all picked the Chiefs, and I'd pick the Chiefs again, and again, and again, if I had to. All right, next up, we got Houston headed to Chicago, Chi-Town, the Bears, well, to play the Bears. Uh, I'm picking Houston because, I'm sorry, 19 passes. That's all Justin Fields has thrown this season. <laughs> Not good enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going Bears. I repeat, Justin Fields only has... <laughs> X amount of throws all season. No, actually, I think that the actual number is like 28. Maybe yeah, I'm still, I'm still going Bears. So. He, threw, he threw 11 times last weekend. He's due. He's yeah, due. He is. He's due. It's a great comeback. <laughs> He's due. <laughs> it up for the action. He's due to throw 15. <laughs> all right, Justin. Texans. All right, Andrew. 
the Bears, dude. The Texans suck. Yeah, because the Bears are so much better. Corey. Yeah, I gotta go with the Bears. The Bears. Football. The Bears. <laughs> Would you teach me to football? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. Jacksonville. Hey, Trevor Lawrence. Going to LA to play the Chargers. Oh, man. I like this Jacksonville team. I do. I picked Jacksonville. I got them winning. I got them winning a lot this year. I think um, that whole shit last season with with him was just um, a fluke. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is good. I'm telling y'all. Uh, I'm going Chargers. <laughs> That's everything I just said. Just like, yeah, Chargers. <laughs> Nope, go on Chargers. Justin. <laughs> yeah, same here, Chargers. Fuck Jacksonville, they suck. <laughs> no, no offense Whoa. to Jacksonville. Tell us right how now. you really fucking feel. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you lose a fucking bet? God damn. <laughs> Someone's sour. Andrew, who do you got? I'll tell you how I really feel. The Jacksonville Jaguars fucking suck. <laughs> damn it, I was about to write them down. You fucking stop me. Okay, Chargers. Corey. I gotta go with the San Diego Superchargers. All right, I'm gonna. Sit I didn't here actually want to say out loud the Chargers, but I will sit here on this island and howl, howl, howl at the moon because I'm the lone wolf and I'm proud of it. All right, the Rams, that other LA team, are traveling to Arizona to play the Cards. Um, great observation after watching last week's Cardinals game. God damn. He's fucking short. They're quarterback. What's his name? Um, why am I drawing a fucking blank? Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray. Yeah, Kyle Murray's fucking short. That's all. That's all I have. I saw a video. <laughs> apparently, a, a fan punched him. Is in that the an throat. insult? Well, apparently, he was, he was celebrating in the end zone with a bunch of fans, and a guy just came over and just fucking straight cold cocked him in the face. And, like, <laughs> 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 I saw that video. <laughs> Like it was fucking, to call people too. It was crazy. I mean, it shit. says the one. Him in the face. He took his hand and walloped it down. Like he was going for a high five. <laughs> it was well, it wasn't his hand. It was his face. He's like you short piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he just turned around and was like, "That motherfucker just hit me across the fucking face." Yeah, that really happened. I just anyway. want to say one thing. Says the one who has um, a quarterback that talks like a baby. Who? You! Talks like Kermit the Frog. Get it right. Oh my god. No, he sounds like a toddler when he talks. Yeah, but he <laughs> plays like a fucking... <laughs> he plays like a Super Bowl champion. All it's right. only week three. Calm down. I know. I know. Arizona. <laughs> I, I, I said I'm right with Arizona in this one. I, I think this was a hard one, too. Another hard one for me to pick because I think both teams are kind of on par with one another. But uh, I think Arizona edges them out because they got the home field advantage, if that even is a thing anymore. I don't know. I just I, I got to think about Kyler Murray. I think his little tiny ass is going to win another football game this week. Um, I am going Rams. Rams. You would too. The Rams. You would three. Yeah, I'm going Team Ramrod. All right. Rams. All right. I feel stupid now. All right, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
I will go put myself in the corner for the next category. Um, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. So, TB12, I think him and his fucking fragile Kevin Bacon-looking ass has it for this game, at least. Yeah, I got, I'm picking Tampa Bay. Jocelyn? Oh, um, <coughs> did you say Jocelyn? Do Jocelyn. 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 Uh, you keep choking. Someone's dying. Um, I'm going Packers. All right. Justin. I'm going Tampa Bay. All right. And Andrew. It depends on how many hallucinogenic drugs Aaron Rodgers does the night before, but I tell you what, it's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Tampa Bay either way. Funny. Corey, I got a bad feeling. I'm still gonna pick the Bucks. Maybe Brady can like fucking stick um, Rogers with the fucking vaccine, and I'll fuck them all up before the game. <laughs> Brady's not right. so maybe that that could fuck him up. He's having marital, <laughs> I don't think he's having I don't marital think, issues. I don't think Corona really works like AIDS, but yeah, I see what you're saying. No, I'm just saying because he's so anti-vaccine, he'll probably be all fucked up. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. I, I didn't pick up on that context. My bad. That uh, sounded really bad. <laughs> all right. You got three more games. Uh, Atlanta. This is like the shit game of the week. This is the shit show of the week, guys and gal. Atlanta traveling to Seattle to play football, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I Playing baseball this week. I picked Atlanta. I don't know why, because I think both teams are shit. So... Eh, Atlanta for this one. Barely, but something. Uh, I'm going Seahawks, because fuck Atlanta. <laughs> Jesus. I love it. I like when people randomly hate teams. I know, right? What the fuck they do uh, well, no, remember, I just hate Atlanta, so that's that's why. I don't worry yeah, for anything of theirs at all. They're not your Southeast team of choice. No, no, no. They're no. not. They're not any team of choice. <laughs> Justin, uh, I'll give it to Seattle just because they're at home. There you go, Andrew. I'm gonna go with Geno Smith. Yeesh. Yeah, Corey. Can I pick a tie? Zero <laughs> zero. Uh, no, I'll pick Seattle, I guess. All right, another one. We're all alone on this fucking island. That's all right. I'll be the one laughing last come Monday morning. No. That's not going to happen. <laughs> That'll be crying. All right. Yeah, I know, right? All right. So Sunday night, we got the 49ers. Jimmy G, baby. <laughs> taking on the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson. Meh. Um, just because of the fact that Jimmy G is back. And yeah, that's why. I got I got, I got the Niners taking this one. I'm also going 49ers. All right. Justin? Yeah, same. Jimmy G led 49ers. Cool. Andrew? I'm going with the 49ers because Jimmy G's getting a lot of money and bonus checks. Yes, he is. Up to 300K if he wins a game. Corey? <laughs> and I'm going to go against everybody. I'll go with Russell Wilson on this one. Nah. All right, final game of the week. That's the Monday Night Affair. We have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to New Jersey, New York, wherever you want to call it, to play the Giants. 
And I'm going with the Giants on this one because Saquon Barkley. And I am going Cowboys. All right, Justin. Giants also because of Saquon. <laughs> Is that you speaking or your or your fantasy team? I mean, both. I, I need him to step up and do some more <laughs> than he did last week. But I, I even taken that out of it. I, just, I think he did that advantage. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I was joking. All right, Andrew. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm going to the New York Giants. All right, final pick of the week, Corey. I don't know. I, I don't like the Giants or the Cowboys, so <laughs> uh, go Cowboys. Yeah, there you go. No. Oh. I don't like either. They both suck. Yeah, fuck them, right? Fuck them, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, who cares about it? That, that's such a terrible game to have on Monday. Just flex them all. Nobody's don't actually have a, Monday a Dallas game. Cowboys fan or a New York Giants fan <laughs> in modern day. All right. Well, in case you're craving some more film effect content, we got a never running collection of back episodes that updates each and every single week. This week, we got back to school month wrapping up with our Heather's episode that Corey and I finally got done, wrapped up and recorded, edited, thrown out there. You enjoy the episode, people, because next week, Halloween Horathon 2 Dead by Pod starts with back-to-back episodes together. On the first, we're dropping Evil Dead and the Evil Dead 2. That's next Saturday, October 1st. Brand new episodes coming every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Lot. It's a lot of content. Sounds ridiculous coming from me, but trust me, you're going to dig it, especially if you're a fan of horror movies. Uh, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all that good stuff. It's officially hoodie season. What better time than now to grab a film effect hoodie available at our web store in various designs and colors. And after that cheap plug, you guys have anything you want to say before we depart? Uh, have a good week. No, I just wanted to say I'm glad uh, Carlo is okay in uh, Puerto Rico. I know yeah. he's wreaked havoc, so I know he doesn't have power, but yeah, shout out to you, Carlo. We but love you, Carlo. Hope you're doing all right, man. You and yes, yes. Hope everything is well. All right. Well, as always, thanks everyone for listening to Fewer Cast, and until next week, I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And I'm tired. So bye, guys. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Till next week. Take care now. Bye-bye. See ya. Farewell. Golf clap. Golf clap. <laughs>